0: Yo, What's up? And welcome to episode 33 of Throwback Hoops. My name is Rob Clayton, and joining me as he does every week is Woody V. Woods, how's it going, mate?
1: Good, man. Fresh off the plane from Adelaide, you know, caught up with our good friend Stu from the Sport bloke so, you know, feeling good, man, to be back in Sydney, but... Miserable weather, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's not the best, is it? Pretty cold, actually, sitting here wearing a jersey today. A little bit cold, but no, nah, all good. So, look, just a reminder where to find us, everyone. So, um, obviously, the YouTube is up on YouTube each week. Um, and if you're listening to the audio, it's available where all podcasts are found. Please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe. Okay, so we're very excited to bring a very special guest today. Um, a man that has covered the NBL for over 20-plus years, working with the NBL, Sydney Kings, Fox Sports, and Clutch Radio. He's currently the host of the NBL Roundtable podcast, as well as commentating NBL One with the Inner Inner West Bulls. He's also regarded as the number one Sydney Kings historian in the country. So it's with great pleasure. We would like to welcome Matt McQuay to the show. Guys, it's an absolute honor. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here, Matt. Um, really appreciate. it. I know we sort of talked about this a while ago, and I'll probably talk about a little MBL one connection at the moment. But no, nah, mm. great to have you on. Um, probably a fitting moment as well to get two massive um, diehard Sydney Kings people on the show. And the um, sure. those that watch the show know that one of those isn't me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know yes, that no, we know
1: that, right. Matt. I'm
0: sure I'm not going to be. Go.
2: I'm not going to be unkind to to the anybody in the Red Army. Everybody <laughs> knows I love the Red Army. It's been well documented. I love the Wildcats. I'm the one that coined the term gold standard, so, you know, any, like any Perth fans, I'm not going to go crazy on Rob today. Don't worry <laughs> about right. it. Cool. Thank you. Might go crazy on the people that run the team, that's another story, but I've already, I've already done that. We,
0: we you. We've <laughs> heard you, we've heard you, we've heard you, man, we've heard you. <laughs> good stuff. All right, so Matt, you know that everyone that comes on the show has to wear a jersey and maybe talk a little bit about <laughs> the player, so who have, you, who have you got for us? Oh, though?
2: well. Who else? I mean, thirty-three. It's yeah. I got this. I think this is about twenty-plus years old. I think that I got this at the last time I was in Boston at nice. the TD North at the TD North Garden at the Pro Shop there. Um, yeah, of course, it's my all-time favourite player, athlete, whatever you want. It wasn't much of an athlete, but anyway, <laughs> the greatest player I ever saw, Larry Bird. And um, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate in nineteen third of January nineteen ninety. I got believe it or not, courtside tickets at the old Boston Garden and got to see him play. Um, the guy who's the media director and still is the media director to this day, Jeffrey Twist. I wrote him a letter. He wrote back and said I was coming to Boston, you know, would love to go, and he said, I'm going to organise tickets for you and got me wow. courtside, literally courtside tickets. Actually wrote an article about the whole experience for one of the very, very early Australian basketball newspapers back in the day. It's actually the first article I ever wrote and got published, wow. believe it or not. Was that one so like home Basketball
0: Today, one of those sort of ones? Or the one,
2: before, one before then, basketball. it's like, I can't really, it was either a Australian basketballer or yep. it might have been a Australian basketballer. It was one of those, it was a paper, but it was before, it was before PBT, because nice. I can go on to my work with them, obviously, yeah. for, for years and years, but... Um, yeah so um, it look what can you say he's he's the reason that I got into basketball in the first place and well the main reason uh, and uh, yeah just what can you say all NBA all NBA, NBA all NBA first team for I think nine straight seasons only one of three people in NBA history to win three straight MVPs the other two being, Will Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Yep. Um, although you know, I'm sure people are yelling, Michael should have won more than three in a row. Obviously, give it back, alone. yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Charles, well, Charles, I can forgive. Not, not my Give me uh, a break. Anyway, that was anyway, ordinary, wasn't it? That was ordinary. But um, yeah, I mean, three NBA championships, Olympic gold medalist, national college player of the year. I mean, just go on and on. One of the fifty greatest players, or one of them, one of the, one of the five bad. greatest players of all time, in my opinion. Uh, so uh yeah, and um as I said, I, I think it's one it's one of those things, you know, people talk about when they I've got friends that went to the United Centre and saw Jordan mm-hmm. and other people that went to the forum and saw Magic and how much it meant to them. So for me, doing going to the old Boston Garden, not the new one, I've been to both. Yeah. But the old one, um, and being courtside and he was this close. That's amazing. Like it was right there. The only thing I regret, I was actually with someone at the time. I, I came with someone Jeff Twist actually invited me into the dressing room, and I couldn't go after Damn. the game. And he gave me—I I, had—I've still got the media. He gave me a media pass, all the media kit for the game. Just in Jeff Twist. I mean that the Celtics have actually got an award named after him um, for public relations. He's—he's he's a legend, uh, just an amazing guy, and just to, to be there and and um and to see Bird, and he nearly had. They played Washington. And Washington, they were the Bullets then. So that was Bernard King was playing for them wow. after he left the Knicks. And um, Harvey Grant, who ironically uh, is... um mm, a connection a, a, to the Kings, isn't it? Yeah. Connect- yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah. right. Jeray Grandstand, he was yeah. playing for Washington. Yeah. And uh, incredibly, and here's another NBL connection, um, in 2000, November 2000, I went and saw him play. They played the Clippers. And playing for the Celtics was none other than Doug Overton.
1: Yeah, right. And for yeah. the
2: 1992 Illawarra Hawks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the greatest mm-hmm. single season. He was a bench player for the Celtics in that game. Yep. And that was that was um, Antoine Walker, Paul Pierce, Rick Patino And and the funniest thing, though, there, were, there was a guy playing for the Celtics called Vitaly Polipenko. Yeah. We know him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And
1: yeah. there was
2: a guy sitting in front of sitting in front of me, I had great seats because it wasn't even full because the Celtics, were, no, they weren't good at that stage. And that was the Clippers of Quentin Richardson, Lamar Odom, Corey Maggette, those guys. And they all wore headbands. Remember that? Yeah, Headband yeah. Clippers. Anyway, Patino was the coach. And every time Potopenko got the ball or got on the court, this guy, this big, huge Bostonian would yell, "Pass the ball, pat a Pass the ball, pat a Pass the ball." That's, I swear to God, that's what it was like. Unbelievable. This went on the whole. Whenever he was on, "Pass the ball, pat a It's just one of those things you never forget. But yeah, um, and then Antoine Walker hitting his first four shots and then going doing Antoine Walker things and going completely stupid and the crowd just giving it to him. <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> own crowd. So, but it was it was a great experience. But I mean, the the, the Larry Bird experience because that was you know, um, Mikhail was there. Reggie Lewis, God rest his soul. Yeah. Um, you know, he yeah. he was on that team, and and I got to see him play. And yeah, it was um, it was an amazing experience. I mean, and and it was the the garden. Then I mean, it was it was a okay. dump. It was, but it was legendary. And you know, look up, and and then I saw Red Owlback, It's like, oh my god, Red Owlback. I mean, give me a break. And all these Koozie was there, and. It was just that's what used to happen at those games that all the old Celtics would show up. So anyway, I've gone on too long, but it, it's um that's kind of my my Celtics fandom and kind of brilliant, you know, encapsulated. Great story, yeah. no,
0: I really appreciate it, man. And yeah, what a mm. better story than sitting front row of the, the, the old and, and what a great People don't fr- believe me. I
2: oh, got photos. I got photos to prove it. People don't believe me to this day, but it was because of Jeff Twist. He organized the tickets.
0: Tell you what, before we get you to your jersey, I actually hadn't um, preempted this with Matt. I knew he was going to wear, obviously, a Celtics jersey today, so I brought this out just to show off.
2: Oh, you're joking! No. Yeah, I've got. I've, somebody got one that exact thing for me for Christmas. How good's that? I kid it? you not. Yeah. I know no, it's right, good, it's, isn't it? It's pretty good, <laughs> no, so I was going
0: to. And I
2: was going to show you. That, remember, I talked to. I, I, I've got another jersey. I wanted to show you guys because it's it's super random. Ooh, you did say there's there's, there's, that. there's, there's a big right? there's a big story. Yeah, that's right. There's a big story behind this. Mm. So that's the jersey. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, wow, Yeah. It's the Shanghai Sharks, and um, that's the back of it. So, there's, you'll notice there's a signature. Mm. So, the signature is a gentleman by the name of Gershon Yabaselli.
1: Yeah, we know who he is. Yeah. Frenchman, he is?
2: Frenchman, Boston Celtics, That's right. Yep. Correct. Yep. So, the reason I have that, and the reason he signed that, is because Brian Gorgian gave it to me as a present, uh, about through, well, when he came back from Shanghai, he was working as a special advisor for the Sharks, and... Mm um yeah and he obviously brian knows how much of a psychotic celtics fan i mean Mm -hmm. me and luke kendall um the assistant coach for the phoenix had this thing where who's the biggest celtics fan we've had this argument for like how long have i known kendall nearly 20 years (laughs) it's like who's the biggest one so gorge obviously knows that and um, yeah god bless him he he brought me a got gave a silly to sign it and so that's my random Shanghai Sharks. Jersey. Yep. I'm not I don't have a lot of jerseys. Obviously I've got a few bird ones, but uh, and, a, and a few Kings ones, clearly. But, um, yeah, you, I've,
0: got a, you I've got a Patrick I'm Ewing Atlanta one, actually, Hawks as well. Woody and I are both Atlanta Hawks fans as well, Matt. So we're both Atlanta Hawks fans. But there's no, oh, question, nice. there's no question I'm the bigger fan than him because he's a bit of <laughs> He's he swapped teams a few times and followed players. But I've been going for the Hawks since the mid-'80s, right? So I've got you yep, covered Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, well, that, good, if
1: you're mid-'80s, that's fine. Yep, mid-80s, yep, yeah, yep, 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 that's, yeah, yeah. That's late, legit. I'm late-'90s, right? I was a Jordan guy till he left the league and then, you know, I changed allegiances to the Hawks. But actually, is that how you said, man, he had a great campaign with France in, in, in the in the in the Olympics, you know, and it was, it was nice he to did. see him play alongside Dicolo and all those guys. And um, yeah, he had a, a sip of coffee there with the Celtics, right? Yeah. He did, yeah, yeah the yeah. dancing
2: bear and yeah. and you know he was he was I mean he's he's having a great he's had a great career. I mean yeah. he's in Europe playing Euroleague now. Yeah. I've got a big contract um for three years now, I think I saw. So yeah, no, I have always followed him. Um, and and I, I'd hoped I mean, remember there was that talk he was going to be like a, the French Draymond Green? That yep, was kind of for the, sure. the comp that they gave him. But it was unfortunate that it um, didn't work out with the Celts. But anyway, there you go. Yes, Super cool. random
1: jersey. Love, love it.
0: Love that one. We love the random jerseys. How hey, about you show us what you got on this week, Woods? I know Matt's going to love this. Oh, yeah, show. for sure, man. Nice throwback to the 90s this one. Oh, so no, on Morrissey. The straight away. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that can't see the video, Woody's standing up wearing an old school Tim Morrison. Uh, Tim Morrison, Sydney Kings jersey. What's that, about mid-90s, Woods, maybe? Yeah, I think this is,
1: yeah, maybe even early 90s, man. I think maybe, yeah. Early. Yeah, 92, 93. And I'll tell you something, man. When we were young, like, you know, dad, mom used to take me to, to Kings Games from about 89, and like... We just loved Tim Morrissey. Like he, we, we idolized him in my, in my house. Me and my brother, and um, we had this thing. Ma, we, we want to get a Tim Morrissey haircut. So she would take <laughs> us. She would take us to the barber, and she'd like do the little mushroom cut around the head. So oh we, and my she would, god! She, she would straighten our hair for us with a blow dryer, so we could look like Tim Morrissey. So. That's um, awesome it was awesome it was just like an idol in our household and um you know fond memories of of me first moving to australia and uh getting involved in something you know being a, an immigrant coming to this country and looking for friends basketball was a big way for me to sort of break down barriers and uh, and uh, um the sydney kings from a, from a young age were a big part of my life but uh, I'll, i'm gonna ask you a little bit about what you remember about tim morrissey matt but just quickly um <laughs> look tenacious defender we had a. Uh, brad rosen on the show recently and he was telling us about how mario donaldson would come in on mondays and he wouldn't miss a shot mario mondays they called it and tim Morrissey would be hawking him you know wouldn't 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 let him get free open but he'd still knock down <laughs> shots but tenacious defender he was um we kind of forget about you know he, he represented a, a australia at junior and senior level and she then he forged a really great career now as the pretty sure he's the head of Head of the whole sporting department at, at the Daily Telegraph, right? If I True. correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, and uh, no, that's right. He, and he's uh, covered AFL and other sports and really built a good career outside of basketball. But before that, you know, had yeah, that thirteen seasons in the in uh, in the league, right? So um, maybe I'll throw it over you, Matt, and you can tell us a little bit about what you remember about the the great man himself.
2: <laughs> I went to university with him, so and I, I played basketball with his brother at uni. Ben Morrissey, yeah. No, well, actually, I played I played high school um, rep ball with Ben. Oh yeah. So I know I know them, and it was his brother Daniel. Oh, the word. third one. Okay, because yeah. uh, I went to the University of Wollongong, so yep. um So I've known Tim forever, and I know the family extremely well. Have done for many years. Um, yeah, pretty much as you described, Woody. I mean, obviously one of the great role players, I think, yep. in Kings history. I think the the thing that people most remember is the booze, especially in Melbourne. Yep. And there's and there's yeah. two. There's like I mean, there's two incidents with Tim that kind of sum Tim's experience up with the Kings. One was in 1989, game one of the uh, well, it was quarterfinal series against Melbourne. He um, was defending a guy by the name of David Colbert. It yep. was an import. We know. Him. Unfo- My all-time <laughs> <favorites>. and, unfortunately, <laughs> another one, another one that passed away yep. as, um, as well, unfortunately, years ago. And um, I, this happened right of me. I'll, ne- I'll never forget. He was so Colbert was so annoyed with what Tim was doing. He hit him with this massive forearm shot to the back of the head and splatted him out. Got kicked out for the series. That actually won the series for the King. Mean, yep. we won game one. They won game two, but Colbert was, he was suspended for the series. So we won game three by two in Melbourne at the gla- the old glass house it was. That was one. And then the other one, which was the same, se- was it the same season or 90? Was it was either 89 or 90, um, Kent Lockhart and very yep. infamous headbutt uh, again at the glass house. And um, yeah, and it was funny, Tim always used to say that when he heard all the boos, um, in '89, he just pretended they were yelling "Moose," as in Ian Moose Rebellion who for the yeah, team, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, great, tremendous athlete, obviously great and you, great defender. I mean, that, that's what he made his bones on. Yeah, well. Absolutely, yeah, did some did some things for us from a scoring perspective. wasn't a great shooter, I mean, it just wasn't no. his go. But yeah, I mean, one of those role players everybody needs, um, and sort of unfortunate that uh, he and a lot of other
1: guys of that era didn't get a ring. Now, I mean, he played 322 games, guys. 9.7 points, 3.7 rebounds. So, you know, he did contribute, you know, and that was, that was the 48-minute oh, yeah. era. Um, and, and he gets slept on. When we talk about the great kings of all times, he doesn't get a mention. But, you know, he served uh, our franchise with distinction for a long time. And even Body, when he was on our show, spoke about that incident with Dave Colbert with fond memories as well. So um, yeah. that's something that, I, that that's etched in my memory as well, Matt. So So yeah. thanks for giving us some insight, man, onto on what a on what a great man that Tim was and it's nice to know that um you've built that relationship with him since you were young and and kept that going all these years you know so yeah, yeah. And i
2: mean look at the end of the day foundation member of the kings in 88 and you Absolutely. That, I, I just think you know those guys need to be celebrated a bit more than they are to yeah, be honest with for you for sure
1: man yeah Definitely. That uh, era,
0: of course. Woody, he led a few of those um, NBA tours with my brother in the late 90s as well. When they yeah. Didn't sort of watched NBA games. Yep, yep, um, yep. There was some association with maybe pro basketball today, which you are obviously with as well. I, I there was, yeah, in, for a yeah. while back in yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Ah, very good. All right. Well, I'm going to show my one. So I thought I'd sort of just, I guess, link it to the NBA conference finals at the moment. Talk a little bit about uh, the man Jason Kidd. Um, so, look, what I like to do, Matt, is just because my jersey collection is so ridiculous, I have two in episode, <laughs> so I'll have one hanging up so you can see the old school uh, New Jersey Nets, Jason Kidd there. really like that jersey, actually. And, yeah, And look, I'll quickly stand up and show the one I'm wearing there, so it's an old school Phoenix Suns one.
1: Yeah, so for all our audience that are tuning into the audio show, Robbie's wearing a Phoenix Suns Jason Kidd. Jersey and that kid, the font is extremely large on the back of that jersey, yeah, man. Right? It? Yeah. What like, is? What is? A, what it's is
0: that? A small, like you know, not many um, letters in the surname, maybe. But the first thing I thought when I got it out, like, my goodness, that's ginormous. There is. I think they did go through a little bit of an error where they were doing that with those champion jerseys. But yeah, so you'll certainly know who it is if you see this one going around. So, um, look just a little bit about Jason Kidd there. Um, so he played 19 seasons in the NBA after getting drafted by Dallas at pick two in the '94 draft out of California. Um, Quick little segue on that. I remember we used to get those ABC NCAA games on a Friday night. I remember when the California Bears were on. I remember there was all the hype about Jason Kidd sat down and watched that game with my brother. He actually had a pretty bad game from memory, but I remember just seeing the guy just, you know, getting the ball off the boards and just running the ball off the court. And thought, oh, this guy's going to be something, um, you know, pretty something special. Of course, he had no jump shot back then. Obviously, people used to call him Ace and Kid because he literally had no J. Um, <laughs> and he true. turned out to be a pretty handy three-point shooter. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So, look, he played um, with Dallas for two seasons before being traded to Phoenix, um, and he also played with New Jersey and New York. Um, his accolades include, there's quite a lot, um, he was obviously an NBA champion in his second stint with the Mavs in 2011, um, he was a 10-time NBA All-Star, 6-time um, All-NBA, 9-time defensive All-NBA team, which I thought was pretty interesting, 9 times is pretty decent there, um, co-rookie of the year, of course, at Grand Hill in 95, um, and also a 5-time NBA assist leader, which is pretty impressive. I believe he's um, still ranked number 2 in assists and steals in NBA history, I think, the last time I sort of saw that anyway yep. um and also yeah he was a two-time olympic gold medalist um in sydney and beijing he was named to that nba 75th anniversary team of course as we know he's the current head coach of the dallas mavs so i've got to say i think he's done a pretty good job this year oh. you know the the roster hasn't changed a whole lot from last year's team we, you know we quickly we saw that team unable to get out of the first round so i think full credit to kid there i think he's come in and maybe sort of I think he's probably uh, learnt a bit after his last few stints stints there, he's a little bit more sort of player focus and everything like that now, so, no, Jason Kidd, Um, and Woods, do you reckon I've got a Jason Kidd Kidd bobble? Of course you do, man, of course you do, of course course you do, brother.
1: I do, (laughs) I've
0: got this one. That's called New Jersey Nets, Jason Kidd, some foot blocker looking thing, so another one of those stadium (laughs) giveaway ones that I managed to acquire online all those years ago, so,
1: Hey, and, and Robbie, man, you know, we, we like to put people on the spot, right? Maybe you put me on the spot, you know, I'll put I put you on the spot. On the spot. Yeah. What about we put Matt on the spot, right? All right. Oh, no. <laughs> Matt, okay, Matt. So, Jason Kidd was joined Rookie of the Year with? Joined so Rookie of the Year. Wow. Nah, no, you got me. Grand Hill. Oh, of course
0: yeah. <laughs> it's funny people always talk about that now. Oh, why can't they just give him a, a joint rookie of the year well it was actually just with votes that was that time it wasn't like you know, the voters couldn't decide I oh, will we'll give them a joint it actually came down to equal votes a- yeah. and the other joint
1: rookie of the year Robbie who are they
0: oh you're putting me on the spot is there any I don't think there is any there's one there. more one more are we going back before that time
1: or yep oh no after after 2001 I think 2000-2001 maybe
0: 2001 uh,
1: no nah, Elton on. Brand and Steve Franchise Steve, Steve Francis. Francis. Have, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Francis.
0: Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, appreciate that fellas going through and sort of talking a little bit about the Jersey. So why don't we get straight into a bit of a chat with Matt there. Um, Word. Let's do obviously, it. Obviously we could probably talk to, to Matt all day with, you know, <laughs> I bore like, you. No, 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 no. Hey, <laughs> hey man, we say,
1: we say this, Matt, you ready to chop it up? Chop it up. I'm ready that's right, you do. You're ready to chop it up. I'm ready to chop really it up. There we that. go. Right. <laughs> Here so, we go.
0: Look, so I just want to know that's Matt's covered the game for two decades plus. Um just wanted to sort of find out what sort of first got you um into basketball then.
2: Um well it goes back to nineteen seventy nine and um it was really that was when the NBL started and uh it was also Larry Bird's rookie year, seventy nine eighty. Uh and, and Apart from the NBL starting, it then became, well, even before then, actually, when I think about it, uh, probably uh, early in 79, Channel 7 used to do Sunday games uh, of the NBA, and it was always Celtics, Knicks, Sixers, Lakers, pretty much, that was pretty much who who it was. And, And I remember seeing the Celtics earlier, they weren't very good in 78, 79, but it still piqued my interest. And then... I got asked to, I started playing basketball at school, I'd never played before in 79. Uh, And then the NBL started, uh, and then after that was Larry Bird's rookie year, so that kind of, you know, cemented it. So, just started it. And then from then on in, yeah, it, it just became, it was funny, it was just a game that captured me straight away. And I came from a rugby league background. I mean, I played rugby league pretty much as a kid from five all the way up to 11, and Ironically, the school I went to didn't, as a, from year five, didn't have rugby league. They played union, which I played one year of and what, hated. Game. Yeah. I hated it, absolutely hated it. So it was basketball. So that that's what I, I got into. Um, it was actually someone that I met at school that we became friends with. Who was a really, he was really good. It, you know, even back then, uh, he got me playing, and um, yeah, and just never stopped. Um, and then obviously, you know, the fandom with the NBL and with. And obviously, you know, it was back in those days. You'd be scratching to find little nuggets of information in the paper about basketball, whether it be NBA or NBL, yep. there, regardless. So I would go out and to Alexandria as a little kid and run around. And we, you know, as as the years went on, we used to play all these different tournaments in in like Condell Park, which is where the Bruins played. Mm-hmm. Alexandria, where initially they were called the Astronauts and they become the Supersonics yep. in '82, and then. They had this amazing team in 83, um, which were still the only Sydney team ever to go undefeated um, at home in a regular season of the NBL. The Supersonics with Owen Wells and Brad Dalton and Ronnie Cavanaugh, who's an interesting story because he played one year for the Supersonics and went to the US, played for the Knicks and actually started for the wow. Knicks in a couple of games. And is kind of the answer to a trivia question. There were three centres that started for New York the year before they drafted Patrick Ewing and Roddy Cavanaugh was one of them. and this was a guy that I saw play at Alexandria for the Sydney oh, no. Supersonics around a thousand It's crazy. Was Mark
0: crazy Rydland on those old teams matter or was that
2: No Ridland Ridland came in eighty seven. So can't... this is like yeah, this is well before that. Oh, so I sure. was I was really getting it like eighty three and then 84, and then 84 was a complete disaster. The Supersonics just about folded. Then Michael Lesky comes in mm-hmm. buy and everything changes. Buys them, moves them out to Homebush, the old State Sports Centre from 85. And I used to go to pretty much every game, them and the Bruins. Then they, they became the West Stars in 86. Anyway, so then, and obviously then the Kings in 88, Then um, that again changed life. Um, and they were there for, for two years. And obviously I was one of the very, still am, one of the very first season ticket I was, I think I was like the 15th person to sign up. Yeah. And that's, and it's kind of been that connection for forever, you know, since then. Um, and uh, obviously through the nineties and, and everything that happened at the entertainment center and was lucky enough, you know, I mean, 92 was an unbelievable experience. Oh and yeah. Got very, you know, man, luckily got very, very close with Dwayne McLean and, and went on the road with him a oh, bunch. Amazing. I, mean, I, I went everywhere that year, it was unbelievable. Um, so, um, yeah, um, uh, got, got known for actually where I, I, again, I got a, a white Celtics jacket from Boston and I used to wear it to King's games and I got myself on television. You will not believe how many times, I mean, <laughs> I was on these promos for wild water sports. I was channel 10, this unbelievable. I mean, it, it's I'm on YouTube and not just with Kyle, so we'll get to him in a minute, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him in a minute. But um, yeah. so all through the '90s, obviously, and 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 how how the media stuff started was actually you mentioned pro basketball today. That's how it started. So, in 1999, um, PBC was well, they they were getting a lot of people, just random kind of people, to do season previews of their own teams. So they were going city to city, and and I kind of read a few of them. Thought, life, oh, you know, I fancy myself. So I, I did one and, and they you know, asked for some feedback and they said, this is great, can you do one for the whole league? I went, sure, did that. They said, do you want to gig like regularly? I said, sure. So that's how that started from 1999. And then the Kings stuff started on the back of that because then I got asked to do the very early, very, very early website stuff, content stuff with the Kings and also write for their Game Night programs so that we used to give out at, at the stadium. This is when they'd moved to the, um, the what was then known, the Superdome, obviously. So, um, yeah, it, it just has gone on since then. And, um, and then 07-08, the NBL, who had a really, really bad contract with Fox Sports at the time, and hardly anybody watched the league, they, re- they realised they needed another outlet. So those were the first radio um, broadcasts for, and not every team did it, but the Kings did it. And ironically, it was Derek Rucker, who I have to thank. He's the one that said, "We want you to do play-by-play, and I want you to do it with Bruce Bolton. So Bruce and I did 7 708, that amazing 27 and three regular season, and yep. um, yeah, and, and that's how that part started. And then the TV part started in 2011, I think it was 2011, 2012. We started streaming preseason games. Um, and we did a whole bunch of colleges. I mean, one, one we did that I remember was um, New Mexico with Cam Bearstow. Yep, yep. Um, you know, and that... Um, Tony Snell, we, right? Yeah, that was just up. So it wasn't Tony. He, yeah. he, it was a year after he got drafted.
1: Right, and, okay, and
2: yeah. It was Bearstow and... Um, oh, who's the other Australian kid? I've forgotten. Oh, my God. How, I'm, my brain is gone. Got signed by Perth and then ended up playing AFL.
0: Oh, That's yeah, Greenwood,
2: Greenwood. Thank yeah. you. Greenwood. Thank you. Yeah. Huge. They yeah. in, in Mexico, they called him huge. Yeah, Hugh Greenwood. Yeah, yeah Greenwood. <laughs> so he was yeah. playing. So they played the Kings at Bankstown, and we got like 50,000 people, would you believe, um, because they're all mad, New Mexico. They're all crazy fans. So we did that, and then as time went on, other things happened, and then did the first NBL Blitz at North Sydney, which was twenty. 13 I think or 24 well, I was
0: actually at that one for each day there. Yeah, yeah you would
2: have, you would have seen me doing it with Brad So yeah, I did it with Brad a Rosen There was
0: people there was there watching those. No, like, that was the James no. Ennis year wasn't it if I'm remembering Correct. right, if I'm correctly. Yeah, that was yeah. that's right Yeah, that yeah. was
2: his first year. So then and then yeah
0: On the Twitter page from that there there wasn't a lot of people there, but no I remember
2: yeah. he was doing that So so yeah, so I sort of jumped ahead from from 99 to 05 I wrote for PBT and then PBT that was their last year in 05 and then the NBL then asked me to do stuff for them. And I was doing a regular column for the NBL website. And got and then they took me on all these trips to Darwin. We did all the NBL pre-season tournaments, Darwin a couple of times, Cairns, um, Dandenong. Um, yeah. And then, so then, yeah, the, the, the Blitz was the first, um, in North Sydney was the first one we did. And then we did the one in Brisbane. Um, and then the NBL did, and I think it was Brisbane, then Townsville, then Brisbane. That was Townsville was the one I did with Liam. That was his first. Yeah, that was actually he, Liam Sander's first foray into. Well, we've heard
1: you talk about it with him when he was on your show on the on the round table recently about that. Yeah, the first that's time right. you guys worked together. So yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. All those all those years ago, it's hard to believe. Um, and he was yeah. I mean, look, he's obviously fantastic now, but he you could see what was going to happen. He was just such a pro. Yeah, absolute pro from the start. So it's always been a and I've called many, many games with him. So, and yeah, just done a whole bunch of whole bunch of that. Did some called um, did some stuff for Fox Sports. Did um, the NBL Australian games um, against the Chinese national team. Called the CBA finals as well with Steve Carfino. Wow. Um, did that um, remotely, obviously. So I know <laughs> I know those I know how those guys in the hub feel because I've done it. Um, and um, yeah, called games for ABC radio as well. And yeah, and, um, yeah, and, and always love doing it, um, you know, um, unfortunate that I would love to have done the television, but you know, there's no, Larry moved it to Melbourne and that was pretty much all she wrote with that. So it's good to have this other outlet with, um, with Clutch Radio. And yeah. I mean, really enjoyed doing that for last, well it's a couple of years before then we were doing um, kind of a community radio thing but the clutch radio thing's just blown up. And it's, it's with, I mean, um, Julian Marcus, who's the, I call him the captain, obviously, as you know. And, um, he said to me the other what we actually tripled our listenership this year, which is incredible. Uh, And, um, yeah, yeah, NBL and we get a whole heap from overseas. Um, obviously I became the number one fan of of Kaisoto in the Philippines. (laughs) Do we know? (laughs) Sweet potato analyst, as they call me. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, It's great. I love doing it. Um, And I can't believe it's been 23 years of writing and calling games and doing podcasts and... But I, you know, I'm uh, as I've said many times, uh, the NBL is something that means a lot to me, and having been a part of it since it all started, you know, all those years ago.
0: No, it's great to hear the background there, Matt, and obviously sort of finding out. We like sort of asking that question as well, how people sort of first got into it. It's sort of great, sort of hearing the history as well. Um, I wanted to ask you, look, you are known as that Sydney Kings historian, it's that tag <laughs> you sort of got there. So uh, obviously that means you're either you either know a lot about the Sydney Kings team, or you're really old. So you know, I mean, both. Uh, so both. Big of both, but,
2: I had a bit but, of a but the, the lack of hair should give it away. I mean, I'm, it's routed. <laughs> They'll uh, they ain't going to last that much longer. Let me tell you.
0: You have to start wearing the hat all the time, like Woody's Yeah,
2: head. that's right. Yeah, exactly. Look you know, at the, the
1: man bun nice going on, on man. You know? Oh, nice. I love
2: you. Go away, Woody. I hate you. Too much hair, brother. Too much hair.
0: Go,
2: <laughs> no, on, no, no, no,
0: no, no. You gave some great answers there. One sort of question I wanted to sort of ask that, you know, probably didn't sort of have maybe on the run sheet was, how are you feeling when the Kings sort of, you know, went out of business for those couple of years and the are no. kind of there? That must have been like, you know, just... Something well, that we weren't imagining and, and sort of... I knew uh, it was coming, you, yeah. So you knew well, it was coming. And did, you I knew, that, did you think they'd end up coming back like
2: they did? Uh, it was it was really unlikely. I mean, this was a two-year deal, right? And um, obviously, I, I was... In that 07-08 season, I was basically the de facto media um, comms person for the Kings. So I pretty much did everything for them, and um, as well as call games. And I mean, the joke was always that I was always the last out of the entertainment centre whenever we played. Because... I do the radio, then I do the press conference, then I had to then I have to write the game report, then go, you know, and then go, and that g- generally wasn't until about midnight, pretty much. But um, yeah, it was a really, really difficult time because that—I that, mean—that team, that A708 team, was just so special because those guys went, and I knew exactly what was going on. I mean, Amanda Gorgio, Amanda was in the front office, yep. Brian's wife, yep. and she was running it, and she, amazing, you know, and and um, so we would. Spend a lot of time talking <laughs> about things, and I mean, those guys weren't paid for like six months. Yeah, six months. It was insane. Like they would have meetings every day. What's happening? Are we going to get the money? Blah blah blah. And they basically banded together and just said, "The hell with it." We, we, it, it's like the world's against us. We're just going to go in um, and just keep swinging. We don't. Yep. We're going to keep playing. Most most teams would have just folded then and there, and they really should have. Really, when you think about it, because there were guys that couldn't put food on the table. They had kids. Families, oh, yep, yeah. it's yeah. just oh, yeah. insane. It's the livelihood, people, man. Yeah. and that team. Yeah, people ask me, What's your favorite Kings team? That one is because what well, didn't even win a championship because what those boys went through and to go 27 and three, 27 they won 90% of their games, third best record in, in NBL history in the regular season, and then they went, fought, they were. Absolutely destroyed with injury um, by the time game five against the, yeah. the Northern Tigers rolled around. I mean, Jason Smith done his shoulder, were they done his calf, Dante Draper did his hamstring. Uh, it was just utter a mess. You they, know, Matt, the, the, way, the fact they won game four
1: was amazing. I, Dante Draper, in those last few minutes of game four, just wanted for him, put the team on his back. And then Sean Lampley, man, I was there. Massive crowd. D-Max, last game ever, right? Yeah. That was. I mean, that was such a great crowd that came and got behind that team. That in game, in game five, game five. Yeah. it was unbelievable, man. What an experience to be yeah. part of that crowd. at That game was just unreal, man. And uh, yeah, yeah, I remember that day very fondly, actually. Yeah, yeah,
2: and that's yeah, and then and then obviously when that when that finished, we were all devastated because yep. we knew that was pretty much the done deal. I knew Brian was going, yep. and. Um, I, I tried to convince him to stay, but it was already a Dundell. He was gone, and, and so was Werdo. And then then obviously, uh, and I'll never forget this, I was at the press conference in the NBL offices, which were at Mascot at the time, yep. where Chuck Harmison, who was the acting CEO, read the press statement that said the, the licence had been revoked, and I just remember feeling empty. Mm. Now, I mean, my NBL, uh, I was very fortunate, because obviously we had the... For one year, even though it was a debacle, the Sydney Spirit debacle. But um, yeah, yeah. Rob, that was Rob Beveridge and and uh, a whole bunch of Matt, you know, Matty Knight and Damien Martin, a whole yeah. bunch of people that I'm very close with as well, Bevo in particular. Um, and uh, but that fell apart, and so there was no Sydney team for a, a year basically. And so I put it this way: I was spending a lot of time on the Hawks media bench in yep. Wollongong. <laughs> You'll see <laughs> that
1: every game you're driving there uh, you know quite often oh, you were saying on. that on the last episode of the of the round table man i heard yeah. you speak about it yeah so i mean having said all of that right let me just jump in here robbie if you don't mind right, right. um it's like after all of those hardships you know you know and and being out of the league and coming back into the league right you know i'm a, i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge king's fan just like you right and I, and i've been my whole life right so I mean, no one's watched more games than you, right? So that that, that, that must have been a tough period. But to see the Kings mm. come back now, oh yeah, and come back and win this championship last yeah. week, I mean, that must have meant something to you, man. I, mean, I know it did, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know it did, oh, right? Like, yeah, of course. I mean, 17 years and yep. since
2: the last one, um, not even knowing if we'd have a team, and and even even when we came back, I mean, you know, God bless the the, the guys. Ricard Gardel, Stephen Dunn, Max, yep. uh, Ma- Max Schroeder, Bill Wavish, and others that brought it back. Yep. But unfortunately, you know, from 2010 to about 2016 or 15, um, the Kings were, you know, the, the, the brand was in huge trouble. And oh, yeah, definitely. Went, especially at the end of that, that, that final season when we finished 6-22, and 22, won the wooden spoon, um, one being in quotes, obviously. But um, it was, and then they were done. They, they just, they put money a lot of money in and weren't seeing any come back and the brand itself was damaged and then harvey lister comes in and not enough credit is given to him in my opinion comes in buys the team moves them to what was then called all phones arena then quickly got changed to what we now know as kudos bank arena and changed everything really um say what you want about the success on and off the court that's that's all fine and obviously what you, you know, this is stuff I covered before on on the podcast, but it is worth repeating. Yeah, for because, sure. Yeah. Look, Paul Smith is, and they've done Paul Kind, Bo Gert, Longley, those guys, are, and Chris Pongras in particular. Yep. Those guys have done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal Definitely. job, no doubt. They've taken this to another level. But it doesn't happen without Harvey Lister. Number one, buying the Kings. Number two, and this is people don't talk about this enough. Yep. Putting the scoreboard up. Oh yeah. The scoreboard they had the kudos was from two thousand for the Olympics. It was terrible. Mm. They put this thing up, which is basically they went to Staples and they, they essentially wanted to copy what was at Staples. He spent seven million dollars to do that. Yep. Seven million dollars. I mean, the, the the damn you know the um, salary cap is like one point five or whatever it is now. So a ton, and that was a game changer, a massive game changer. Because what, it, what they wanted to do was have that NBA experience, the Game 9 experience. Yeah. Because they knew that's the only way you're going to... It's a tough place to... Look, we had an unbelievable crowd in Game 3, which we'll get to in a minute, obviously, the Grand Final. Yeah. But the the reality is, Kudos, historically, has been a tough sell. Because you had the greatest location ever with the City Entertainment Centre. I don't care that's what anybody says. It was oh, the man. greatest... Amazing. I mean, I've met every Yeah. <laughs> Pump house, Chinatown, <laughs> yeah. Darling Harbour, CBD. I mean, it was it was the ultimate. You just can't. I've been to every stadium in this country without a lie, and that is far and away the best ever. Not even close. No, nothing comes close. And yeah. you know, you remember what it was like, Woody. I mean, particularly loved, in the it, 90s, man. loved in it, man. Loved It was yeah. like the whole the whole place. I mean, everybody wanted to be a part of it. Oh. You know that that's what it was like. So anyway, so with with kudos. Um, Getting that whole experience built that they did, that Harvey Lister did, was phenomenal. And it kind of underpins what Paul and the rest of Paul Smith, that is, Paul Kind and Longley and Chris Pondgrass have then just taken and elevated it, just gone to a completely different level now, completely different level. And the game night experience is just phenomenal there now. It's, it's I just I just want to ask you place. about that
1: game night experience. I know you've been saying it, it's such a great family day out, it's a great night yeah. out, and they put on a show. There's one thing that's really irking me, Matt. What about the Harlequins, man? Can we get some cheerleaders back, please?
2: You are that, with that one exception. The, I, I think that's a sin that the Harlequins aren't around like, anymore. Like, how are they not around? like they've
1: got to be you've got to have cheerleaders
2: at a basketball game yeah that's right? the only thing I don't like that's don't the like one th- thing that I don't
1: like because yeah. they got the, the cheer squad or whatever they call it oh come on man yeah. we need the beautiful women because you know they, they're trying to like replicate what the Lakers were doing with Paula Abdul and then the Lakers girls with the Harlequins and the that's Kings did what it, really, was. it was amazing right they and, were the,
2: that, they were their own brand Woody that's yeah. the thing they were their own distinct brand for sure and we really, when I when I got in there, I, I you know and did some work, more witty work. That was one of the things I really wanted to push. And I, when the um, Kira Howarth, who um, used to run yeah. the, the Harlequins, and yeah. a lo- lovely, lovely
1: lady. She's and, friends you know, with my boss, actually. Kira. Oh, there you she's go. Friends with know, my boss. She's yeah. a sweetheart. And
2: yeah. we, we were trying. I mean, it didn't go anywhere, unfortunately. But we were trying to kind of. I really wanted to. I wanted them to have their own website. I wanted them to have, you know, like a calendar. I wanted all that stuff. I just think. Yeah, it was kind of a, an opportunity wasted. So now, Woody, I'm total lockstep with you, my friend. Bring back the for That's sure. That's the only thing. Uh, but having said that, again, I, I still say yeah, the I game agree. night experience is outstanding.
1: Absolutely. you know, Good day out for the family. We take Robbie's daughter there. I tried to make her an Kings fan early in life, but uh, <laughs> unfortunately it didn't <laughs> work, right? She's, indoctr-
2: already she's a, a nice red, Jersey
1: already. red army indoctrinated. Yeah, I like it, yeah. Yeah. All, all right, so look, I hear all this, right? And and, and uh, this is great what's happening now. We, we're getting that that these massive crowds coming in for for Game 3, as you spoke of earlier. But, you know, Sydney basketball fans, we're a fickle bunch. In fact, Sydney sports fans in general can be that way, right? Very oh, pretentious. 100%. You know, our, cl- our crowds fluctuate. Sometimes at Tudor's Bank Arena, we can, you can see a completely empty stadium. And then... We can see the crowd be sixteen, seventeen thousand. Even a Cairns game earlier in the year was, I think, about thirteen thousand. Right? We all remember the golden days, as we spoke about, with you know the Kenny McLarry's, the Dwayne McLeans, and the King with the hottest ticket in town. You know, how do we build on this championship success, right? And use yeah. that momentum to bring the Sydney Kings in the main mainstream in terms of New South Wales sporting teams over the coming yeah. years, right? Yeah. How do we do yeah. that,
2: right? It's a it's it's a great question. I mean, yeah. and. and you know, 16 at Kudos for game three was the third largest, third largest crowd in NBL history. So we've had the three biggest crowds in NBL history um, in, in that building, uh, and obviously the biggest playoff crowd in NBL history. And that, you're 100% correct, Woody. The challenge has always been <laughs> how do you convert the casual fan into a member? how do you convert the, you know the person that's just come along because oh it's the kings and it's exciting and then i, I maintain that the whole Tasmania Jack Jumpers story had a lot to do with it the fairy tale absolutely was talking oh, about 100% it. so right. there's there's reasons i mean the biggest crowd ever and it's hilarious the biggest crowd ever in nbl history the 17514 um, 2 years ago yep. was because of one person lamello ball that's it that's it everyone came to see lamello ball you can't disprove that. That no. is an absolute stone cold fact. It was a regular season game. It was Lamelo Ball, and I'll never forget it. Any anything he did, the whole crowd went crazy. That's so. That's put that aside. It's yep. more about how do you get these people—that sixteen thousand, of which I think. Look, I don't know the exact numbers from the Kings as far as their actual memberships, but I doubt it's anything over no. 2, two 3,000, tops. Yeah. I, I look, and again, I have absolutely no knowledge of. I don't thing reckon whatsoever. even two
1: thousand. I reckon somewhere between somewhere one thousand five hundred ish, give or take. Whatever, yeah, whatever yeah.
2: your definition. is. I mean, yeah. there's obviously different levels, right? So yeah. there's some that you could. They're, they're like three game members, and there's Ooh. six game, and all this sort of thing. So it's how you kind of you know Fair. think about those numbers, right? But in what you're saying, like full season tickets, like the Red Army, as yep. a perfect example. When when they say they've got twelve thousand members, they've got twelve thousand people that. Show up pretty much all the time, yeah. COVID notwithstanding, obviously the last yeah. few seasons, yeah. But um, look, I always go back to the way it was in the '90s, and it was it's it's just doing everything smarter and everything harder than what the juggernauts like the AFL and NRL. That is the schools schools programs have to be paramount. That it, it's it's the that's how the Wildcats have done it, and the community connection. I mean, that's what it's all about, yeah. um, and also. Um, Really strong media presence, and to be fair to the Kings this year, they brought in a guy called Julian O'Brien, who's yeah, we, was yeah. the editor of the you know, Julian, editor yeah. of the Illinois Mercury, you know, last year. Great guy, and and couldn't he's the perfect guy because understands the media, understands the importance of media. I've been at them, I've been at the Kings for years about this, their lack of media engagement, you know, it's just not been good enough. But Julian this year, yeah. nah. He's gone to another level with his stuff. We're really fortunate to have Matty Loge, um, yep. my friend, obviously the the lead writer for News Corp now, um, yep. who's like me is a Celtics tragic. That's um, a big tick for him, but he's done a phenomenal job. Phenomenal, and that's how it's going to build because it is very difficult. I mean, he he's got enormous challenges because he he's up against it. Like that, even though we've got this deal now digitally with News Corp and with you know, it's a great TV deal. First deals paid money in like forever since yep. the, you know, I mean, we didn't have a TV deal that paid us money before, so that's been huge as well. So, look, it's 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 going to be tough. There's no doubt, Woody. I mean, it like the those days are long gone. But I mean, we had Michael Blesky is is just the greatest advocate okay. for basketball ever, and the perfect man. I mean, Larry basically, and I've told Larry this. Larry Kestelman is the NBL version of Michael Blesky. There's no doubt about it. He is Mike, yeah. what Mike Robleski was. Good comp, and yeah. and that's and that's the thing. And we, you know, I think Paul's got his heart in the right place, and I think you know he he he's beginning to understand what's really required because that is going to be the next step. As I mentioned, converting the casuals into members. That's what yeah. it's all about. It's what Perth, um, you know, and, and Jack Bendat, God rest his soul, did did so well, and, and the guys even before him. Uh, and turn that into, you know, what used to be, Robert, the greatest home court environment. I'm not sure if it is anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. Not when you lose six of your last eight. Thank you very much. Yep. At RSC Arena. But I, I, I said I wasn't going to be harsh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway. But that's no, what the totally Red good. Army does spectacularly well. You know, yep. is that community connection and that, that I mean, it, it, it's funny. I think it was Lockie Reed that said to me once that he reckons that 70% of the Red Army haven't even played basketball. It's all They, they don't and, and probably don't know That much about it It's more about You know The Western Australians Versus the world Yeah, yeah And this is our place Etc And I'd love to see The Kings get That kind of You know Kings against the world Because let's face it Woody The Kings were villains this year Yeah I mean oh, if it wasn't 100%, yeah. You look at what Paul Was carrying on with In Twitter from the start you know, The scumbags and idiots comments You look at the whole business about you know that that tweet about Cinderella screw Cinderella. Oh man! Hashtag scoreboard. Oh uh, you know, uh, yeah, right. Well, like they wore the black hats. They don't oh. care. And maybe that's the maybe that might be the secret. Is, is yep. just to say embrace it and embrace it, yeah. we, especially now they're champions and, and everyone likes to knock the kings off. So maybe that's how you attract people and say it's, hey yeah you know, yeah join it join us.
1: Expect more for, more of that from Paul Smith, you know, approaching the next season, right? So. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's very
0: good. We thought we might just finish off this uh, part, Matt. Just with something, we, Woody and I are very big on lists, right? You know, top five, top ten. Oh, so am I. Oh yeah. Oh close, my so god. You love this bit. So, wanted <laughs> to, to see who you would select as your all-time Sydney Kings starting five. And I know that's going to be a hard one just to select five. But well, yeah, we go for it.
2: The the interesting thing is, I was the chairman of selectors for the Sydney Kings twenty fifth anniversary team. Yeah. Yep. so it, it, it's it's kind of fascinating because there's all n- manner of criteria you can use like mm. who's the most talented who's the who who's got longevity who scored the most who rebounded or whatever who was a great defender role player and the my five had, has always been locked in mm. until this year
0: Ooh, we change I'm hey. not
2: I'm not big on recency in fact I freaking hate recency bias. I hate it but Jalen Adams is the best point guard in the history of the Sydney Kings, right? That's a big statement. Steve Carfino, Shane Hill, CJ Britton. That's kind of your your trilogy. That's kind of the three. Mm -hmm. Shane or CJ is always going to be in one of those fives. And Shane Hill was obviously in in the 25th anniversary five. Mm -hmm. But what Jalen Adams did I've, loved, I've, I've watched this kid since his days at St. Bonaventure. I've been a massive fan. Yep. When Chris Pongrass signed him, I said, "That's," I said, mate, this guy's gonna win the MVP. He's just that good. He's he's a superstar because he does everything. He's a two-way player. He's a scorer. He's a rebounder for his size. I mean, the guy's barely six, my height, one, Barely 6'1" and a tremendous facilitator. Um, and then obviously pulled off that dunk over Brisbane and I lost my biscuits entirely. Which We heard, we heard. I know, it <laughs> went viral around the world, couldn't believe that. Yeah, I told Pondgrass I was channeling my inner Gus, Gus Johnson on that no, one, no. So, I so it was. So, look, he's only played 24 games. He's, he's the best point guard the Kings have ever had. I, I, I put him above, and this is a hard thing for me to say, Shane Hill's a, Le- a Sydney Kings legend. So is CJ Bruton. So is Steve Garfino. Three Sydney Kings legends, and yet this guy's better than all three of them. So he has to go into my five, even though it's one year. But that's fine because th- there's another guy in my five that's also a one year. Which we know who he but, is, and and rest you know, rest, in, rest in peace to him in, too. Yeah. So yeah. the five. So to be honest with you, the five is is going to be the same as what it is, what it has been since the 25th anniversary, which is. Um, Jalen Adams at the point well except for Jalen Adams so the other the other four Jason Smith greatest leader I've ever seen Dwayne McLean still the most talented player I've ever seen and the most charismatic and the most um, magnetic and Have yeah I'm, 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 it, he had this unbelievable anybody who was, who was there in, in 92 in Sydney this guy and people don't believe me and uh, that's fine I was there I, I was right in the middle of it believe me this was Michael Jordan in Sydney. Oh, yeah. That, he's he was in a McDonald's commercial for God's sake. He when's the last time? A, you know, a national McDonald's commercial, a national Coke commercial. Mm-hmm. He had his own shoe designed by Reebok. <laughs> Reebok? Are you serious? That's never happened, and never, it never will happen again. His own shoe by a global behemoth, um, and so much. You know, had his own. he had massive billboards at Central Station. Oh, just. Go on and on and on. So he's the three. Chris Williams, you mentioned. Greatest single season import in NBL history. Not even close. Yeah. And then the greatest king of them all is, is at the five, and that's Matthew Nelson. You know, owns about 14 or 15 franchise yeah. records still to this day. um and feels he's, like
0: he gets slept on a bit, Nielsen, doesn't he? It? Does. Yeah, it's, it's he does. Ridiculous. He he captain does. his country, yeah. two-time Olympian, yeah, one of the
2: all-time greats, and by the way, probably the next head coach of the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, Don't kid yourself. Like he he they love him. They love him. And Pop adores him. Yeah. So, you know, I mean he's and and what he did for the Kings is extraordinary. And and what I love about his story is Sydney Boy, Penrith boy, came up through the Sydney Sky program, the Sydney Kings Youth program as it was back in the day, and then he was a development player in ninety and uh well played two games in ninety five, then started in ninety seven and then just but his first few years, he was kind of this wild, out-of-control kid that was incredibly talented and athletic, but really didn't understand how to play. But um, under Brett Brown, he really got to another level and then Gorge just those two years. Forget about it. Before
0: we move on, Matt, so we've got uh, Jalen Adams. Uh, who was the two again? Jason Smith. Smith. Yep. Dwayne Wayne McLean. McLean, who you could argue
2: was a two, but, I mean, yeah. you put him in two-three. Yep.
0: Then,
1: uh, Chris Williams and Matt, Wilson.
0: Wilson. Matt Nelson. No, that's a great five. I don't think you've got any arguments with those
1: names, right, Woody? No, nah, no arguments at all. You know, I'm, I'm very partial towards Mario Donaldson, my guy, but you can't put him in there ahead of uh, Jason Smith or anything no, like no, that, man. And Leon Trimingham re- deserves a little bit of a mention. Isaac oh, Burton, yeah. you know, there's, there were some great kings. Mark Dalton, there's a, Dean Utah, a lot of guys you could mention here, man, right? But I think that's a pretty uh, apt selection, uh, Matt, so yeah. Now, Matt, did you yeah. consider
0: Michael Kingma for the list?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, he was—he yeah. was six, man. Six, what about Ch- Chucky Bucket's
2: Charles Kamu? Charles oh. <laughs> Carmouche. oh my god, Charles Kamush. Yeah,
0: anyway, yeah, that was great fun. I really appreciate sort of those answers. It was great sort of hearing about some of the history and obviously hearing your, your list there. But we might move on to some NBA now, boys. What do you reckon? I'm happy about that. Today I'm happy. I wasn't the happy day. the other day. I'm happy today. Great point, man. I should say at the time of recording, Friday the twentieth of May. So the Celtics have just come off a, a huge win today. Got to say the playoffs, we haven't had a lot of close games so far. We had a few in the obviously the Boston Milwaukee series. But yeah, it was a great it's been series. A lot of blowouts, you know, like it's yeah. Been- it's strange, isn't it, when you get to sort of this sort of stage? But, um, yeah, just wanted to sort of see, I guess, what your thoughts have been on the conference finals so far. Um, Woody, we might start with you. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously saying that, you know, the Dallas Golden State's only one game in, but, yeah, yeah what, are you, what are your thoughts, man? Well,
1: it's good the NBL's completed now and we can turn our attention com- completely towards the NBA. Um, and to be fair, like, I just think that we've got to talk a little bit about the Phoenix Suns here and CP3's legacy, right? And, and, <laughs> and what's going on there, right? I mean... Lucas you're not gonna go,
2: hey, sorry Woody. you're not gonna go Patrick Beverly on a side no 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 I'm not gonna do that
1: I'm not gonna do that and I don't mean Patrick Beverly I mean like he does have a he does have a great career in the media after things but I mean putting Paul George on blast and things like that I mean that can take it is he but to be fair I could go and mention all the all the different times that CP3 has failed to deliver when it at most, right? Especially in the in the postseason when uh, you know he's got a whole regular season behind him, his body just doesn't hold up, right? And yeah. something always seems to go wrong. And as as he is the point guard, I know I'm not going to argue with him. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. Like like Pat Beverly said, but at the same point, man, you you know you. You got you got to, you got to close out this series, man. It's a great opportunity here for them to to beat. They're a good matchup for Golden State if they would won that series and to go to the finals against either your your Celtics or the Heat. It's a great op. This this is it, man. That's it. It's done. He's never winning a championship now. Am I wrong no. in saying that? No. 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 Yeah. You're not. Yeah. He's not. not
0: winning unless like he goes ring chasing in the last. You know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: I mean, I'm, look, no. it's.
2: I think what we're seeing it's it's levels of superstar, right? Yeah. There's superstars and there's superstars, and he's at this level. And he's not at that level. I mean, that's as simple as that. If yeah. you can't get it done when you've got all the opportunity in the world, I mean, they should have won. Look, Giannis was ridiculous, but they, you know, the way they were playing last year, it's and you're supposed to be the guy to take us to a championship level, and he's never proven that he is that guy. It yeah. doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Famer. I agree. Plenty of the Hall of Famers haven't won a championship, obviously. You know, so that that's just the way it is. But that's what I'm saying. There's there's superstars that you know. There's levels. You know, and, and he's on a probably a mid, mid-tier superstar level. A guy that's, you know, talented enough um, to be a Hall of Famer, puts up unbelievable numbers, great leader, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, can you lead us to a championship? And if the answer is no, then you're not up a tier for mine. You're kind of at the middle tier.
0: Ah, well said. It's a good call. Almost sort of feels a little bit John Stockton-ish to me. when yeah, I hear that a sort of little thing. bit. Wasn't able to, I mean, obviously he had Jordan in front of him. He did have a super well, tight yeah, yeah, But he was never able to sort of get over that next level. But no, a good call. I think he sort of made some good points there, there Woods. And it's funny, the, the media, I guess that narrative, can shift very quickly, can't yep. they? Because, you know, after the first series, everyone's just talking him up sort of thing. I'm obviously, you know, like you, Woods, a massive Trey Young fan. And I saw what happened with him this year. Just all yeah. the love being thrown at him. Granted, you know, he was amazing in those two playing games. Had a a crappy series against Miami. No one's denying that. But then everyone's just totally changed the narrative there. And, oh, he's overrated. He's never going (laughs) to win. Hang on a minute. A month before, you guys were saying how amazing this season was and everything. So I guess, yeah, it it does sort of happen like that. But, no, good call. Um, Matt, I might ask you the next one. Um, Tell us why your Celtics are going all the way this season.
2: Marcus, smart. (laughs) <laughs> I love right. it, love that's it, right. love it. it. My was guy, he was magnificent. I mean, what can you, he was just unbelievable. And, yeah. you know, it it, uh, it blows my mind, and I put this on Twitter, actually, that there were there were people, a lot of people, that wanted him traded. Mm. What? Yeah. You know, I mean, he's been, I mean, look, I saw him in Oklahoma State. I thought he was awesome. I loved it when he got picked sixth. And I thought, wow, that's a great pickup. And he's had these team-friendly contracts all the way along. This guy, he's gone to another level this year, there's no doubt. I mean, Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. which he thoroughly deserved and probably he deserved last year as well. But um, he's um, you know, he's now the full-time point, which is what he's been asking for. Yeah. Uh, and I think they played him out of position for years. And now that he's on the leader of this team, they're just going to go to a whole new level. And you saw it today. I mean, that was just domination yeah. from start. Not from start to finish. I mean, they're down 10 in the first quarter. And, oh, no, here we go. Um, and I'm you know uh, Matt Logan I was sort of going back and forth and but um, by the halftime, the game was over there was not going to be a comeback and he, in the third quarter when they did make that run it was him that settled down I'm going to make a play defensively offensively whatever it is um, that's he's going to be the reason look I mean that and obviously Jason Tatum you know you talk about superstar tears he's here doing that yeah that kid is unbelievable. He's got
0: all the tools, doesn't he? Ah, oh,
2: he's, he's basically, I mean, I don't mean to sound sacrilegious, but I think it probably has a lot to do with the fact that he worked with this guy. You can see a lot of Kobe in him. Yeah. You, you know, there's a lot of Kobe in him. Um, and obviously, you know, he's two, three inches taller than what Kobe was, but mm-hmm. he obviously spent a lot of time with Kobe before he passed and became and, um, close with him. And I think he's taken a lot of that kind of, you know, the Mamba mentality, if you want to call it. Mm. You just see he's he's he gets it at both ends, not just offensively, but defensively, where Kobe was great as well. And, and he's become a genuine two-way player and a guy that you can kind of count on. You know, that that 46 points against Giannis was mind-blowing in game six. Mind-blowing. It's one of the greatest performances I've ever seen from a son. Oh,
1: that was ball. ridiculous. Just talking was to the ridiculous. ultimate Larry Bird fan, yeah. I, I
2: don't, what he did was insane. Yeah. On the road? I mean, give me against Giannis. Please
0: can either Incredible. Of you see, see Miami or Dallas making the-
2: I'm not saying a freaking word Okay, so because don't
0: want, to, don't want to jinx it yet. You know why?
2: Because game 1 62-54 Matt, Matt Loges oh yeah Matt Loges sending me messages yes, yes yeah, <laughs> and I said can you just calm down please calm down I don't want to hear it I don't want, and of course what happens 39-14 Yeah So I'm not saying anything I will say that I'm I'm very confident that they're gonna have a chance to get to the finals yeah, yeah. i'm very com- i'm confident i'm not arrogant i'm not overconfident i'm confident they're gonna they're gonna look it's gonna to be tough miami jimmy butler's gonna he's gonna have a response for them i've got no doubt about it yeah same so with that i i think bam buy i'm just i'm waiting on him because he's he's hurt us he hurt the self i
1: think we lost matt there for a minute Second.
0: It's interesting the point he was making though, Woods, about the Bam Bio thing. I heard um Brian Scalabrini on the recent low post and he was saying that Robert Williams played against um Adebayo growing up and basically just dominated him. I don't know whether you heard that sort of dominated him. So apparently he's got all the confidence in the world um, You know, going up against Adebayo. So I thought that was quite interesting hearing that there. So, yeah. yeah. And having
1: Robert Williams is, is, is one thing. You know, I like the Time Lord so much, Robbie, right? Yeah. So having yeah. Yeah, having him there and Fit and Al Horford back today as well, um, I said it would be a Golden State Celtics uh, final series. So I, I don't see While that changing.
0: for Matt to come back, Woods, do you think Kyle Lowry, if he's able to come back, do you think he makes any difference there at all? Kyle, Kyle Lowry or...
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a veteran, Kyle Lowry, there. So uh, welcome back, Matt. Um, but yeah, have, have, Sorry about that. having Kyle Lowry, um, you know, even on the bench there is is, is is a great locker room presence. I mean, what's his fitness situation like? Is he going to be back uh, this series? It seems like it's a bit sort of touch and go, isn't it? I
0: haven't heard sort of yeah. uh,
1: either way. But. A shout-out to Gabe Vincent and these guys, undrafted guys that have stepped up yeah, and, played, and, and well. played really well in yeah. his absence. And, um, you know, having a mentor like Lowry. Um, and, I mean, the, the Heat had a lot of injury issues throughout, throughout the, the season. And I told you, man, you know, these guys have stepped up and played uh, when, when guys have been out, you know, and, and it, it set them up for an opportunity in, in the big time, in the playoffs, to play. Because, you know, they, they've been in these situations in the regular season when, when Miami was battling injuries. So a guy like Gabe, Vincent's ready to step up, you know, in the absence of, of, of Kyle Lowry. So, yeah.
0: Hey, Matt, before we go on to some quick hits with the NBL and NBL 1, that Tyler Hero block or non-block today, what did you think? <laughs> because they were going on about that in the commentary,
2: weren't they? I know. Of course, it was a non-block. What am I going to say? I'm going to say anything different? So just, just quickly, you too. The other, the other thing, I don't know if you guys talked about. Sorry, I was uh, the connection fell out. No, no. But um, the the one thing that gives me pause about Miami is Eric Spolstra. because oh, I yeah. think he's an incredible coach. I mean, he's Absolutely. he to me he might be the best coach in the league. I mean, oh, I think yeah. I think in Udoka. Purely selfishly, he's done an amazing cool. job. But Spaulding, for the last few years, yep. he's just gone. I'm, he's just a genius. This kid, unbelievable. He's a young yeah. guy, but oh, and you, He'll you know, go. and that's when you get guy go- undrafted guys like Max Strews and Gabe Vincent to play like that. That's, that's coaching, man. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Sheeds of Pat imagine, Riley. You
0: can imagine Spolster now saying, Oh, the, no one believes in us, you know, we lost this home oh, game. We're going to Boston, so he'll be yeah. doing all that sort of thing. <laughs> that's
2: why I'm not yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm confident. I think if if we take care of business at home, we win the series, no problem. Yeah. But um I just you, you can't write Naomi off, not with no. a coach like that and not yeah. with Butler with something to prove. Even if he has to self motivate, like this business about in the press conference, oh, they they wanted to embarrass us. And that was crap. They just wanted to beat them. They didn't want to embarrass you. But he needs to, sometimes Jimmy needs to make this stuff up to get himself jacked. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So he's going to, like, he's going to take that. That's going to be a big chip on his shoulder. He's going to take that and run with it. No Mm -hmm. doubt about it.
1: And, and they're all playing for the godfather of Miami basketball, Udonis Haslam, man. You know this guy? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't forget about him, man. He, he's got a huge influence on this team as well, so you, you can't write yeah, off true. Miami right away, right? No, yeah. no way. I'm yeah. not going to. Yeah. <laughs>
0: alright fellas what well, we might do we might sort of just do a few sort of quick hits I guess just a little bit on the NBL just a few sort of off season moves there and then we'll just do a little bit on NBL 1 so sure. I guess just with the NBL there um, Woods I sort of wanted to sort of maybe see what your thoughts were on these signings this week obviously know that um, you know you've got a big uh, love for the Cairns Taipans and, and your boy Keanu Pinder um, yep. what were your thoughts on those two um, you know bringing him and, and, and Bull Kyle back there
1: really happy for a small market team that's able to retain this kind of talent and you know keanu i'm a huge fan of his and been supporting him since day one and um you know like for him the way he's grown under coach ford has just been amazing you know that relationship they have going back um to his younger days and whatnot and for him to stay in that environment and just build over the next few years if he went to a different uh, situation under a different coach his game wouldn't develop as i think it should right and so for him to stay there and um and find a home and uh, and bull Cole, man like you, you know like he just came out of nowhere man and and i, I think that um if, if that if they can retain taj mccall and and uh and maybe get a couple of uh good imports to surround these guys next year like you know a few years ago we saw with with new and and uh, Oliver and and uh, fit Scotty Machado. I'm still a fan of Scotty Machado, man. If if you can yeah, get fit, too. you know. If he... like Woods, it won't be bad. I know, man. But it's just sad yeah. because like, True. You know, it's, it seems like he just can't stay healthy, right? But get a nice, get a nice uh, point guard, a floor general, a leader, um, to go alongside Taj. Um, yeah. maybe get rid of Zimmerman and, and bring in a uh, mm. you know, athletic four-five man. And uh, yeah. you know, they could make some noise next year, man. I'm telling you, right. So yeah. yeah
0: that's cool. Um, the other one that we saw the signing this week obviously, New Zealand signing Dan Fotu on a two year deal there. We know he's the younger brother of the tall black star Isaac there. Um, just wanted to I just sort of read a good sort of thing on him. They've got a family tradition there where, where possible, they try and wear number 42 because it sounds like faux 2. And I just thought that was great when I heard that. So anytime they try and grab that 42 jersey you know, yeah, year. So, yeah, just thought I'd sort of bring that one up. Um, and probably just lastly on the NBL stuff there, we've seen that obviously Hugo Besson, I'm not going to do the French accent, I apologise, um, and Osman Dieng have both been invited to these draft combines. Look like they've started pretty well. Um, mm. Obviously Dyson Daniels is looking good there. What do you boys think in terms of the draft? Obviously, and we'll include Luke Travers there. So we'll say um, uh, Basson, Deng, Travers and Daniels. Um, Where do you sort of think those guys will get drafted there and and if they will at all? Um, So obviously the draft's on June 23 in Brooklyn. Um, What are you boys' thoughts on on those four names?
2: Matt? Three of the four will get drafted. Deng, Deng will go top. Fifteen at the le- at the very least. I mean, you, if you have, he's shooting up mock draft boards big time. Yeah. Because the thing about him is he's got those tools right that, that NBA teams covered. Mm-hmm. Six ten, ball handler, can shoot the three, yeah. great athlete, all of the above. Um, yeah, needs to be more aggressive. And I think we saw that in the second half of the NBL season. Yeah. When Shamir basically gave him the keys and said, "You need to be showcased. So go out and do what you do." Uh, and he was outstanding, and and is a guy that um, you could easily see um, someone like Sam Presti picking up for okay. Oklahoma City. Yep. That's a that's a distinct possibility. I, I think he goes. I think he goes top fifteen. Dyson Daniels is a lot for top fifteen. The only question mark with him is how high he goes up.
1: Yep. I mean,
2: he's grown. Apparently, he's up to six eight now. Wow. I mean, he he was measured at six eight in the, yeah. uh, apparently the last time they measured him, which is frightening. You know, six eight guy. Bit of a funky jump shot, but that can be fixed. But has all the tools, all the tools, you know. And you know, and he's got unbelievable athleticism as well. Um, Basson is a guy. I don't know if you saw that vision of him knocking down three after three after three. Yeah, I saw at it. the yeah. combine. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. And he's, you know, he's a guy. He's a second rounder. I think he's probably a mid to high second rounder, if I had to guess. Someone Travis, like the
0: Spurs will draft him, I reckon. Like the yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. I yeah. talk about this. That, that would be a perfect fit for them. Um, hey,
0: Matt, this last name, you're not going to hate on the Red Army, though, are you? We're talking about Luke Travers.
2: I love the guy, and, and anybody who heard has heard me talk about him, as always, I, I, I love the size, I love, I love his attitude, I love, he can do a lot of things. He can fill up a, a stat sheet, he's big, he's athletic, um, he still can't shoot. He yeah, still he can't, can't shoot, and that's the problem. And until that gets fixed, which it can, it can. You know, there's there's been guys that couldn't shoot to save their life that had great NBA careers because they, you know, they learned to be. He can't be a 25% shooter from three and be in the NBA because yeah. he's going to be a role player. He's going to be a three and D guy. That's that's where he's going to be. fit. That's his fit. Yeah. Um, he's going to need to be able to get up in the 35, 40 range if he's going to stick. Doesn't mean he won't get picked up on NBA team, mind you. I could easily see him get picked up as a free agent rookie, yep. you know, and stick with someone because with him and with so many of these kids, it's fit, role, situation, mm-hmm. and if they if they tick all three boxes, they're locked in. But it is a tough, tough thing to do. It really is. It really is because it's it's it, you know when we see well people talk about. Um, Jalen Adams, why isn't Jalen Adams in the NBA? Um, Liam Samarillo described it beautifully because Jalen Adams is an absolute stud. Jalen yep. Adams needs to be a starter. He doesn't. Yep. He's not a guy that, and this is what Liam described, and he's spot on. He's not a guy that necessarily can fill a role, as brilliant as he is. He's a guy that needs to be the guy. That's the thing. So it's a lot more difficult for him than, say, a Kiefer Sykes, who is a far better player than Kiefer Sykes. And Kiefer Sykes got, you know, he started yeah. For Indiana, right? Thinking, how can keep the socks be playing? But that's how it works. It, again, fit, role, situation. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So, Luke, I think I would be surprised. He could, somebody could take a, a floor on him in the late, say, 50s, which is obviously the last now eight draft picks because of the two that got forfeited, yeah. not 60 this year. Um, I'd love to see it, um, but I'd also love to see him back with Perth for another year and kind of keep that development going.
0: Absolutely, well, certainly going to be an interesting uh, draft to follow, isn't it? So sort of just over a month away there, so you need to
2: ask me about Kai Slatte.
0: Oh, go on. Go on. <laughs> what do you reckon? I can't.
2: Well, uh, uh, Joel Bell's his agent, and for him to go on the draft, I think is absolutely ludicrous. I know, man. Oh, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I mean, but it doesn't matter what I say. I mean, have a look at YouTube; those content creators. Oh my lord, he's better than Chet Holgram. He's better than Jabari Smith. He's better than Paolo Benkera. I mean, give me a break. Oh! crazy. Story. Anyway, <laughs> lovely kid, lovely kid.
0: Yeah. And
2: it was never, and it's never been personal. But um, you know, the, this whole thing with me and the youtube maniacs in in the philippines has um, been quite hilarious all season
0: pretty passionate over there i
1: mean spending one more year in the nbl you know and then really developing his body and 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 you know exactly. learning a little bit more from the likes of whoever else if cam still on that team just learning under the tutelage of a of a of a of a veteran would be good for him. Yep. Uh, just quickly before we move on, I think Lou Travis Robbie can. He's got that Andre Karelko type of game for sure, right? You know what I mean? Like a little bit, you know. The, the, the AK forty seven comparisons. Not uh, uh, though. No, not not quite. But I mean, he's got that sort of like prototype, and a guy like um, um, Hugo Besson is like his like his uh like, French t- um you know countryman. Evan, uh, Evan Fournier, right? Evan Fournier, exactly. That's who he is. That's yeah, right. Who he is. Like straight up, like yeah. so. I mean, these guys have got like. The ability to translate. I mean, Travis, he's got to work on his shot, as Matt said, and I agree, um, somewhere between 10 and 20 for both those guys. Um, uh, Jiang and uh, and uh, our, the local boy, Daniels, as well. Daniels. Yep, yep, yep. Good stuff, boys. Yeah.
0: Alright, well uh, Woody, I thought before we get onto your favourite segment and rip open an old pack of cards, um remember I said we are gonna touch touch on a little bit of um NBA For sure, one man. We love week, we so. love our NBL one. Yeah. I wanted to tell a quick little story before I go into it. So as you know, um well as the viewers that know as well, so I'm sort of commentating the Hills Hornets games this year. So when the first round of games started in NBL One um, Hills had an away game, so I thought oh, I'm gonna sort of tune into a few of these games on the NBL One website and sort of see what, <laughs> what the competition's gonna be like and everything. So um, what uh, the first I put on. I'm not going to mention who the team was, but I've got to say the commentary was really bad. And I'm sitting here going, oh, I'm going. I know place. who it was. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was. It was pretty bad. And I thought, how good this sort of thing? Just, I'm just quickly, just
2: quickly, before we go on, I actually met that commentator.
0: Oh, did you? DC yeah, at a, U, at a
2: UBL, at a UBL game. Oh Then wow. we had a bit of a discussion. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't nasty. I wasn't. Interesting. Nasty.
0: Yeah no nah, i know Very we right. mentioned him offline but well the, the next game i happen to tune into what do you probably remember this so the hills hornets are playing the inner west bulls there yep. so <laughs> I, think, wait, I thought i'll see what this sort of commentary is like of course Matt's the, the commentator for Inner West. So he starts off with a commentary. I'm like, Oh my god, you know, I was just thinking I've got this thing covered, how can I be doing <laughs> this? And now I'm, I'm up against oh, Matt. But what I'd like oh, to say to the viewers though, I reached out to Matt the next week and he was really gracious with his time, sort of giving me a few tips there and everything like that. And you know, it was quite a nervous thing for me. Obviously, you know, doing a podcast one thing is one thing, doing commentary is another thing. Yep. So you know, I've done about oh, maybe fourteen games now under my belt and feel like I'm getting sort of stronger every week and you yeah, mm. really appreciate sort of Matt giving me some, you know, some little tips and some sort of advice there, everything. And same with uh, Liam Santamaria. Yeah. I sort of had a chat with him and, and got some good tips. So yeah, that was my little backstory there. So thank you, man. Um my pleasure. Anytime. Um, anytime. No, no,
2: no. no, it's it's good. I mean it, it's um yeah, you gotta pay it forward, man. I mean I, I, I'm I'm, I'm happy you. I'm happy to help whoever. You know, uh, I mean it's they think I've got something to, to help with and absolutely and you couldn't find a better uh, advisor as such as than Mr Santamaria. I no, mean the guys are complete totally Really
0: getting into it. You know, I got up this morning, had the day off, so I put on the MBL One show, you know, the one that um, they do sort of on YouTube each week, watching that, you know, really sort of getting into it and that. So it's good what I thought I'd maybe cover, I'm sort of trying to just go through maybe one conference sort of just quickly each week there. So what I thought I might talk about this week is the NBL One West, um, which is obviously my, my home state in WA there. So how's this for some names, Woody? You're probably not as familiar as Matt and I, some of the names that are running about in this NBL One West. So very quickly, these these are some of the names that are featuring. Michael Vigor, Damien Scott, Ollie Hayes Brown, Ben Purser, Andrew Ferguson, Kyle Armour, Woody's boy, and Matt's boy, I think, probably, uh, Ray Turner. Um, ah, my, yes. Son of Ricky Grace, uh, Jeremy Grace, uh, Joel Wagner, Lewis Timms. Um, so, Grace, Wagner, and Timms all play for the Perth Redbacks. So, I wanted to give a shout out to our, our boy and friend of the podcast, Andrew Canyon. AC, AC. He's <laughs> also doing some commentary there for the, for the Perth Redbacks. Um, anyway, the names continue. Gavin Field, Mathiang Muong, Marshall Nelson, Greg Heyer, Devonrick Walker, Kyle oh, Surridge, wow. and Cody Ellis. So they were just... Yeah, some Cody! Of not, Cody! Not, yeah, my guy. Some, yeah, some my the, guy. some of the my names were featured in NBL One West last week. So look, at six rounds in. Um, the stand-up teams so far, look, Geraldton, who are 7-0, and just killing it there. Um, obviously, June DeLuppa are looking good as well with a 5-1 and record there. So that was kind of a little bit on the NBL One West. Or we'll sort of try and talk about one of the, the conferences um, each week, in terms of the NBL One East that I cover, and obviously Matt does as well. So the game I did last week was the men's game between the Hills Hornets and Bankstown. Um, it wasn't a good one for my hometown Hornets there. So Bankstown picking up their first win. No, you guys you know, have been
2: yeah, you've been struggling.
0: They have been yeah, they're very up and down. They you know they beat Illawarra, who's you know loaded with stars, and obviously you know, that made Knight, no sense it, at all. Kevin Gardner. He, is he a chance to make the NBL? Like, honestly, Kiwi guard. Well, he's it's interesting. a level below, maybe. That's,
2: then that's the thing. I mean, 5'7". Yeah. Uh, he reminds me so much of Bobby Locke. You now, for yeah. those of you, I mean, I'm yeah. going back legend. in the day, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, famously scored 50 points after stepping off the plane his first NBL game. He was yeah. amazing, Bobby. Incredible, yeah. ex- explosive offensive force. He reminds me so much of him, you know. Yeah. Um, could he make the NBL? As a third import, maybe.
1: Yep.
0: You, you Possibly. Could maybe see him on a team like. Cairns you could see something, something like that. He's a gem. He's too good way. for he's too good for NBL one. Put it that he way. Is. Yeah, and also Brandon Jenkins as well, the the guy yeah, that yeah. Was the import for Aubrey there. He's a he's a killer. That yeah, guy he's there. a beast. So he scored thirty seven last week against Canberra. Um, the other standout in the NBL one East was Miles Cherry um, for the Newcastle Yeah, and Newcastle Falcons. In, in a big upset win over Sutherland there, so um and obviously sort of for the women there we don't sort of forget about them it's been i'm actually looking forward to <laughs> the next hills game lauren nicholson for sutherland she's um, terrific wow. so Love 20, lauren. 27 in the first game then she got 40 and nine assists inside oh, yeah. she's win over she's, Central a Coast. she's yeah, amazing so. that girl i wanted to ask you about the, the role you're doing there, matt for for the inner west bulls there they're <laughs> a little bit up and down aren't they the girls haven't won a game but the, men the girls have
2: been yeah the girls yeah. have got the the men i mean the men have, they had a win against uh, a north's team that <laughs> featured Talk about the
0: Kings, yep. Wow,
2: I mean it's Holy Ghost, former NBL rookie of the year. And Patrick the Sanders, the Colonel. The Colonel, yeah. man, what Colonel. a legend. At thirty-eight years old, they wheeled him out, right, to play NBL yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, he's you know, he's like me, he's put on the kilos, but he still can play. He can yeah. play. Yeah. And nice. then um, he, the newly minted NBL champion Ignatius Mitchell, who was terrific yep. Yep. Um, for them. But um, yeah, the, 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 the girls are really struggling because they just don't have any... They don't, Number one, they don't have any height. Number two, they don't have any depth. Number three, they uh, they don't have much talent, really. They've got a, they got a cup. Georgia Sturton who played a couple of years in Gonzaga, yep. who, interestingly enough, is GWS Giants' Toby Green's girlfriend. Oh,
0: well, I know that. What, so, I ran into him in the Australia other day. Oh, there's
2: Toby Green. Hello, Toby. I was hey, like,
0: oh. Hey, Woody, that's an AFL team, so that's a sport they also play in Australia. Yeah,
2: yeah no idea. Okay. Yeah, no idea. <laughs> I used to be all NRL Woody, but I'm now completely AFL. So, yeah, I hate the NRL now.
1: For a guy from Wollongong, yeah? The AFL guy, Sydney. right? No, 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 Sydney. Sydney. Oh, yeah, Wollongong University guy. Sorry, my Wollong bad. Wollongong Uni guy. Yeah, 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 that's
2: right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, the girls aren't so good, unfortunately. It's it's a bit of a short Tell me about the maker connection
0: for Inner West as well. There's a maker on the team, isn't there? Um, yeah, it's um, Thornton Maker's cousin, Sher Maker's cousin. How's he looking? Yeah, out? another one. Really good. Would,
2: I mean, he's, yeah. he's big time. 6A strong, can shoot the three, rebounds. Um, I really like him. He's going to be... A, he's a fringe all-player, that one. You know yep. I mean? He's... he. I could see him playing, Bill, on some roster. And it was interesting, not this week, but the previous week, they played Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, at Ju- when they were playing in the semifinals, finals Ju- up Reith and, and both Makura and Matura at the game. Oh, so it was like, oh, hello. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, they're, they're good. i young Guy coaching Daniel Kim, who's been involved with the Illawarra Hawks and Sydney Kings, great guy, great mind. Um, he's going to be a terrific head coach, I think, down the track, yeah. Daniel. And um, a lot of lot of talent, you know, the, the seven footer with a name that no one else can oh, pronounce.
0: Been, uh, that was on my list. Tell me again because you've told me on the phone, I've okay.
2: okay. Well, Senegur, not Krunagorak, yeah.
0: Seneguritz, there's been some weird variations. Oh, I
2: smashed I did. When I started calling Which I I think you wanted to get to When I started calling their games Two years ago my first game, I had no idea, and I <laughs> obliterated, obliterated. What I must have had stuff five stuff? different <laughs> pronunciations, but yeah, Synagogus. So well, I've got right, it now, right, so it's good. there. You go. I'm
0: probably checking you before we actually play in a Western Yeah, good, there, so. good idea. No, I appreciate that. So, look, you're happy to sort of be doing this NBL One stuff. I think it's something we're happy to sort of promote. There, obviously, the NBL is finished now, and people get out there and support your local NBL One team. And pretty much, we yeah. will have a local team because they're all around Australia there. So, yeah. No, so, cool. Rob, group... go on. Sorry, go, on, Woody.
1: Robbie, so I was just going to say my work colleague, shout out to Rusty. Um, he's a big part of the Filipino community here in the hills and, and yeah. loves his basketball and traveling with him for the last couple of days. And he says, man, one of my really good friends is Marvin Fidel, right? Ah, nice. Plays for the, for the, the, for, the yeah. for the Hornets. So I just thought I'd shout, shout out to him. And I've been giving him he, heaps of stick about... Uh, uh, Kai Soto as well, Matt. Don't worry.
0: I love Good guy. I got to know him a bit. Really good guy and a great yeah. defender, as I'm sure Matt would agree. He's a, he's all. Oh yeah, he's Disney and he's,
2: yeah, and he's been a Waratah store for years, yep. Marvin. Yep. I mean, he's yeah, I've I've watched him play for a long time. Mm. Yeah, back when it was called Waratahs. So yep. yeah, Absolutely. great play.
0: All right, good stuff. Well, will appreciate that. The NBL one wrap there. So. All right, Woody. It's time. We like to say, Matt, that Woody carries on like a pork chop for this last segment. We do. Oh, the cards. This is the card segment. There, we'll finish off with this. So and I might as well
1: tell you, I've got 15 random packs coming from various different eras and generations. Um, but we
2: There's going to be some I have absolutely no idea about because, uh, yeah, for me, it, it, the, my NBA fandom begins and ends with Boston, pretty much. Well, so I mean, right. Celtics player I'm on though. Come no, yeah. on, pull not
1: don't Celtic. Be, don't be greedy though, Rob, like, you oh. know, and show off like you always do every week, you know? No, you like,
2: go ahead and show yeah, off, yeah, don't worry
1: about yeah, me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll try and give some good clues. All I right. You
0: like these upper deck cards, very nice, nice set, these ones.
1: All right, come on. This is one that, that, that Matt can get, okay? Hey, we've all watched Michael Jordan's playground, right? We talk about that Detroit Pistons team being one of the toughest teams that Michael ever went against, Right. And he speaks specifically about one man, all right, on that Detroit Pistons teams that he hated playing against, okay? And he someone that we don't speak about often enough when we talk about the great players in NBA history. Detroit Pistons guard, I'm Joe talking Dumas. about oh, Joe team. Dumas, Darko Milicic oh, fan. Yeah. Joe Dumas, right? Nice, and it's all-star card man. as well, nice. yep. Nice. Nice.
0: Great player, maybe not the best GM, but yeah, no, great player. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about the GM, exactly.
1: Right. No. Okay, we've got a special edition stay in school card with none other j- than who? The, yeah, mayor, of the Sacramento. mayor of Sacramento. Exactly, Sacramento. exactly. M Squared. Oh, got it. As well. Well, yeah. That real old one. yeah. Good. Is that Cotton Fitzsimmons? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah. Hold a second in the background. I love
2: those old school Phoenix units. They're, they're yeah. some of the best units. I don't. I collection. The old one there. I used to love the the Phoenix team in '84 that had Kyle Macy and James Edwards, Walter Davis, yeah. Larry Nance. That was, was a, almost yeah. They took the Lakers to six. the okay. conference finals. Great team.
1: I got a Celtics card. Ooh-ho, all right, and, all right. I love this guy. Right, Villanova legend. Right, I think Villanova. Ding, ding, ding. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Ed hey, You said Berlin yeah. over a
2: there's uh-huh. only one, right? Yeah, like, well, dude. I could have said Dwayne because he was on the same team that won the he was, championship. He was, he
1: was, but
2: he was. But Dwayne played for Indiana, so there you go. Yeah. So,
1: what do you got? Easy easy. Ed picnic Matt yeah. 3, Rob Zero? Is that what we got? He's
0: only open to it. I was shouting out Joe Dumas. Uh, all team. right, all right.
1: <laughs> right.
0: All
1: right. Come on. I absolutely love this guy. He was a microwave. He could get it done. Uh, a guard um, with the 76ers, but then had a few really good years on the Sonics teams. Hersey okay. Hawkins. Hersey Hawkins. You know I'm a fan of him. He's got, he got his, one of his jerseys in one of my
0: wardrobes there, Hersey Hawkins. Yep. yep.
1: He was a good player. Okay. I'm sure both of you know this one. Okay. Center. Uh, we, we had Andrew Gaze on our show, and he talked about his friendship with this guy. Okay. Um, when he was at the Spurs, this guy was uh, on David those. David Robinson. No, this guy's. This guy was uh, on those Bulls teams as a center, right? Oh, Will Perdue. Will Perdue. Will. What's he right.
0: doing
1: there? He what doing is that? Yeah. I yeah, know that, yeah, he is. Is in
2: There He is. Barley looks like he's dropping the elbow yeah, on his head. He probably was. <laughs> <This> <laughs> <is a> great...
1: <laughs> oh, I absolutely love this man, right? Um... Love to smoke the weed. He's passed away recently. Oh, he man. was on an episode oh, of Survivor. God. He was on an episode. He was on a season of Survivor. Who were we talking about? Uncle Cliff. Uncle Cliff. Cliff. Cliff, Cliff Robinson. Robinson. Let me just
0: card a few times, haven't we, in various packs.
1: Let me just say, over the last five years, a lot of great sports stars gone too soon. Andrew Simons last week. Shane Warne. You had Kirby Bryant. Cliff Amazing. Robinson. It's been really Ridiculous. sad to see yeah, and it really sad. just a shout out to all these people who've gone be, left us too soon and it just makes you uh, appreciate life you know and, and, and live every day to the max because yeah. Yeah. you Mate, never know was, what's going to happen was tomorrow
0: pre-headband Cliff Robinson there
1: wasn't it that's pre-headband was was wow. Wow. okay come on man the first ever Dutch player to make it to the NBA Rick Smits. Rick Smits Rick oh. Smiths. All right, and I've, I've put you on the spot before, Rob. Um, maybe a last man. Who's the, Who's another Dutchman to have played in the NBA? Oh, man. Who's another Dutchman? Oh, you got me. Robbie? Francisco Elson. Francisco Elson. Francisco Elson, yeah. yeah Francisco oh. Elson. Yeah. Elson. I, I always forget he's a Dutch guy. Yeah,
2: yeah. It doesn't sound like a Dutch guy, yeah, no, but you're right. No, he no, is, no. I remember.
1: All right. <laughs> Great college co- career at, at Purdue. This guy put got buckets for fun, man. He was a warrior. This is his son's card. Um, he's featured wow. on a documentary recently. Um, oh man! Se- seven footer, yeah. What number? Center. Are oh, you always? Oh, I don't. Doesn't have the number on you. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about. Like. Like, like an one. Yeah. All star Joe Barry Carroll. Oh wow. Oh, if you said Joe barely cares, yeah. then no, you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, he's sitting there on the bench as well, so obviously didn't care about playing that game. But yeah, yep. he had some talent, didn't he? Just didn't quite utilize it.
2: Okay, yeah, one of the great wasted talents in NBA history. Actually. Yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. And and that's what you kind of like Andrew Bynum is the comparison you can make there. A big yeah, yeah, that's right. Who didn't really like like the game as yeah. that much, right? But he was just tall, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so I don't. You're...
2: Indirectly, he got us Robert Parrish and Kevin McHale, so I can't yep. be too
1: bad. Anything. For sure, yeah. Okay, I've never, ever heard of this guy. And to Andrew Canyon, who likes the uh, quintessential white guy cards that we pull out. The, the
0: big white stiffs he likes. This guy
1: is... Uh, Robbie, maybe you know this guy, man. I don't know. He's a six foot two point guard. Average 11.2 points a game with the Spurs in 86-87. This is his Miami Heat card, okay? Um, I'm talking about none other than... John Sundervold. Oh, John Sundervold. Oh, three-point oh. shooter. Yeah, yeah. He, was
0: actually, he was actually in a three-point comp in the nineties. Had a real good stroke on him there. So no, I wouldn't call him an unknown guy, John yeah. Sundervold. He, yeah. okay. he was good back in the day. Yeah.
1: All right. Let's see what we got here. Cleveland Cavaliers forward, six foot seven, a bit part player. Went to North Carolina State. All right. Uh. Hmm.
0: Not Gerald
1: Wilkins. Chucky Brown. Oh, oh Chucky, Chucky Brown, Brown. The man yeah. with the
0: record for playing with the most teams, right? Oh, he's, he had the record. I think. Jim Jackson has the record, right? No, I think. Um, What's his name? Jeff Green. No, the, from Washington's got it. The little point guard. Um, uh, The ones with Washington this year. Play with Charlotte. Um, oh, Ish e. Smith. Ish e. Smith. So yeah, record, man. Right. Chuck, yeah, yeah. Chucky Brown and Jim Jackson were next in line. I think yeah. d- double figure teams they play for.
1: Yeah. Okay, this guy. I mean, there's a great bunch of centers in that '90s. You know, you talk about the '90s. It was a it was a big time for the big man, right? Okay. And this guy is probably not the best of them, but he's my favorite. He's my favorite of all those centers. Who am I talking about? Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing. <laughs> oh, so that's a classic card there. Really and Patrick.
2: Uh, you want another? You want another story? I got another story. Of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so. In 19, the same It was the same year that I saw the Celts at Boston Garden. I saw Patrick Ewing at Madison Square Garden, and I was courtside for that. And the reason I was courtside for that was because at the time, my mum, who she went with me, uh, went with her overseas, um, worked for this Japanese, this is a long story, or not a long story, I'll shorten it. So she worked for this Japanese company, and, her, and they, had a, they had an office in New York. And her, we, we were going to New York. I actually yep. have family there. I've got family in New Jersey. But we went to New York, and um, her counterpart there happened to be best friends with none other than David Stern. Oh, wow. So the Knicks played the magic at MSG. It was a sellout, 20,000 people, even though it was the magic. who weren't very good at the time. Um, and we got tickets, and I still have the letter, David Stern got us the tickets and wrote us a letter and said, "Happy to do, happy to provide these tickets to, to Matt and yeah." No that. So that's That's oh, cool. amazing. It's so a letter it probably, from David Stern. That was probably in the David Stern, the late uh,
0: David guys, Stern, the, the mustache days as well when he had that. Oh game yeah, game.
2: Oh, well 1990, That was nineteen ninety. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. 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 Nice. So there you go. Nice.
1: That's good. amazing. All right, last card. All right, this is a tough one. We've pulled this pack. Uh, this guy. Uh, in a packet I think with Andrew Gaze when he pulled one of those ultra fleers, right okay he's a 6 foot 2 guard um, had an 11 year career um, this is his Clippers card he started off the Clippers finished at the Memphis Grizzlies his number 34 Ooh. is retired by the Memphis Tigers um, a role player for most of his career not Winston um,
0: Garland Elliot
1: Perry oh socks oh, yeah. Elliot Perry there
0: you go yeah, Perry with the long socks yeah everyone sort of
1: yeah, he was good. Uh, I don't know whose moustache is. uh, <laughs> did, 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 did any yours or his, mate? <laughs> yeah. No, his is pretty good. You still haven't got rid of that moustache? Damn. Nah, Kept it since November last year, it, haven't you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> still annoying the missus every day, so I'll continue. Naturally. That's, that's right. Well, good stuff, boys. That kind of takes us to the outro now. So just wanted to apologize. There were a few people saying my microphone wasn't on last week. Well, it actually was on, but the volume was a little bit uh, low down there. I'm going to blame my daughter, I think, just for um, flicking a switch there. So I do apologize (laughs) about that. Oh, Um, good on you. No, that's it. But wanted to just really thank everyone for tuning in. Um, As I mentioned at the start of the show, please make sure to like and subscribe on the YouTube channel or wherever you listen to the podcast. Um, Just a reminder where we can be followed. If you want to check us out on twitter we're at throwbacks hoops with an s uh, with an s instagram handle is throwback hoops um email address if you've got any questions jersey suggestions anything you like feedback whatever it is our email address is throwback hoops podcast at gmail.com um woods why don't you take us away with your little plugs there and then we'll get on to matt
1: yeah i mean um patreon i mean if you want to jump on there and support us thank you very much appreciate it um tick you know Uh, woody underscore v83 i kind of just jump on there and and showcase some of the jerseys and uh cater to some of that younger uh, audience that that uh tune into our show thanks to everyone man for all the support i mean we're getting hundreds and hundreds of guys uh and girls uh downloading our show every week so we really appreciate it so yeah
0: good stuff woods and Matt, over to you now. Where can sort of the, the viewers and the listeners sort of hear or read or listen to your stuff there? Where is, where's the best place for? <laughs> well, it's the off-season now. And that's really um, Probably not the best time to us.
2: Well, this. yeah. So, obviously, I'm still doing NBL1 commentary, as we, we talked about, for the Inner West Bulls. So I do all their their home games. On, on Actually, on Wednesday, I'm doing the University Basketball League Grand Final between Sydney University and the University of Technology, which is actually going to be really some great young talent playing in both teams um, iggy mitchell for sydney university is one notable um and a whole bunch of nbl ben fakira who you'd know and ben jerome and um oh just a whole bunch of guys that are playing nbl one on both teams um alexander higgins teacher plays for the bulls great athlete jalen galloway type of player um so yeah so that's that'll be on uh on unisport.tv i think it is uh and um yeah and obviously still doing a bit of writing for the kings in, in the off season um with some, uh, you know, just a bit of. I'm working on a bit of a season in review type of thing. I'm trying to get Chris Pondgrass on the phone, but he's just completely forget about it. He's, he's, he's. They're going crazy with free agency at the moment, trying to sign guys. Interestingly enough, um, Wayne Bullock signing with Illawarra. What? Some- right. wow. What? Well, you, just, you just ruined Woody's Oh uh, no! Just literally, to, he's just literally, literally, literally. I knew it was going. I knew it was happening. Uh, literally. What? Yeah, just announced oh, two that's years That's really sad, man. Well, it, it probably him. tells you that Cleveland won't be back for Lawarra. I think yeah, that's pretty yeah. obvious. Yeah, oh, uh, man. But yeah, that's a tough loss. Oh. You know, I mean, people, he's one of those classic guys, you sort of look at the stats and go, well, what does he do? But, huh, he only, you know, Bryce Cotton, he defended Bryce Cotton. I mean, yeah. go down down the line who this guy took out. You know, Josh Majet, Bryce Cotton, um, Tyler Harvey, like these guys that he oh. defended brilliantly. It's a big loss. You, you hurt great, me you hurt you hurt, like. you
1: hurt me you hurt me by right, saying no, that m- m-, m-, now. We'll m-, m m squared hurt me man you know what i mean like i just got his, i just got his reagent, and everything. Oh. oh no yeah. oh, i'm
0: sorry man <laughs> yeah
2: so anyway yeah. so i'll be doing i'll be doing some stuff and then you know we clutch Radio, we, we might do a couple more podcasts we're not sure we've Sort of, we, we, a couple of years ago, we were doing a bit of a history series with various teams, which was really, really good. Um, and, and various people like, obviously, Cal Bruton and Brett Maher and a few other people. So I'm, I'm it's just protect, keep an eye out for that. Potentially, we might do some stuff with... Uh, I'm trying to get um, Brian Curl and Leroy Loggins to do a Brisbane awesome. one with me. So, awesome. Awesome. yeah, I'm, I'm good friends with both of them. So hopefully, yeah. And that's one of the things about, about basketball, I guess. And, you know, you mentioned it, Woody. And I, I love your story because you talked about the inclusivity of basketball. And I think that that for me is probably one of the big things that's kept me going all these years is the people and and the people that I've met have been extraordinary. And I'm so lucky to know some of the legends and the all time greats. And I get to interview people like RC Buford and Brian Colangelo, and, and so many more and have great relationships with so many people. And, and it's, it's for some reason, the sport, you know, it's, Got that part of it. You can be from anywhere. You can not play at NBL and and yet you know um, have great relationships with a whole bunch of people. And I think that's huge yeah. and needs to be celebrated. So it's and, great, yeah, great hearing your story.
1: And Matt, my brother, man, like o- over the last you know thirty plus years, you've been such a great servant and uh, ambassador Thanks, for the for the that. game of basketball in 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 Sydney. You know. I, I know you're a Sydney guy. I was just saying Willingham University, <laughs> right? But the point is, ah, well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, I was Th- thank you for everything you've done, and like you know, every time you know the Clutch Roundtable is is on my podcast, I'm I cannot wait. I just sit there and I want to listen to it and and take it all in and and all you've done for this community and 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 uh, um, putting the game forward and the NBL in in uh, the forefront of people's mind has just been amazing. So thank you.
2: Thanks, man. That's really kind. Yeah. I really appreciate it. you. You guys keep doing what you're doing. Love it. Um, yeah, I mean the, the cards, Woody. I'm not sure, you know. But you love, mate. It's all about the passion, right? It's yeah. all, it's all about the passion. You got me a few times, so yeah. Kudos to you, man. Seriously. Good stuff. Well, no, and, and Rob, keep going with it, mate. You, you're, you're right. You're getting better, my friend. No. It just, just look. It, it's and as I said to you before, it, it's the more you do it. Um, keep, keep my best advice, and I said this to you. Keep listening to yourself. Mm, I mean, it point. sounds a bit funny, but. It's the only way you really learn and pick up things, and that's how I learned, you know, all those years ago. Um,
0: I'm always cautious so, if there's a big play, and I feel like I've shouted too loudly. Like I'm going to go home and play that. I really reacted on that dunk, and when you play it back, no, it actually sort of it fit well in the moment, you know. Because it you talk awesome. about
2: shouting. I mean, look at look at look at this idiot. I mean, you know, <laughs> come on.
0: Yeah, it went viral. It, it, as you said.
2: It, yeah. Well, yeah, which is you know that's what it's all about. But um, no, nah, you, you're doing a great job, mate, and it's it's good that we've got passionate people that are involved, and, and NBL One, look, it's NBL One East, it's gonna, the Waratah League was bad for a long time, but I tell you what, there's some talent coming into the NBL One East, Absolutely. and there's some, it's a lot, lot better, and I love the fact it's way more professional now, the NBL's got their hands on it, yep. and um, next couple of years, I think it's gonna go to another level, so, which is gonna be fantastic for the, you know, for as a development pathway, which is what, obviously, they want the NBL One to be.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Well said, Matt. So, all right, really appreciate it then, boys. Um, Look, uh, obviously, we'll be back next week. Um, Yeah, as we said, sort of please make sure you check out Matt's stuff and everything there. Final word, Woods, before we sign off?
1: Got a big guest coming on soon, right?
0: You've got a big guest, yeah. I'm still not going to tease it because we don't have the date confirmed. But um, he may have a T and a J in his initials there and may have been a bit of an NBA legend, but I'll just leave it at <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably know who we're talking about. Here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good stuff. Nice. All right, well, thanks everyone for tuning in. Um, peace out from the throwback hoops group.
1: Respect.